Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Thursday, February 18th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? Um, They're starting to thaw, Rod. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good sign. I don't know if I can say the same at my house, but yeah. A lot of of frozen appendages around here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And uh, you guys can hear the 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 laughter of one Slim Dog in the background. Slim, it's good to have you back on the on the podcast. How are things going for you? Good, good. Thanks for having me again, Rod. And and once again, good to see you again, Jeff. And uh, just glad to be here. And thank you for having me on again. Absolutely, you've been on a couple times before, but you haven't been on just to talk Browns. So I'm looking forward to this. Right, right. Something serious, but not as serious, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Football more serious. serious than the Browns. <laughs> Golf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take that back. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to we're going to tackle uh, tight ends and wide receivers tonight. But before we do that, we're going to touch on just a couple things in the news and we'll do it kind of quickly here. Just kind of get our opinions out. Everybody's talking about JJ Watt. JJ Watt's been linked to what about 25 teams in the NFL right now, but it does seem like there's actually a possibility and, and that there could be a fit in Cleveland. So, you know what? I'll just I'm going to kind of turn this over to you. So, Slim, you're the guest. Let me let me just give this over to you. And what do you think? What do you think about J.J. Watt coming? What do you think the chances are? Would you like to see it? Um, how, how do you think he would fit in with the Browns? You know, I've been kind of uh, looking at the you know around Twitter and news and stuff, and and it seems like those rumors are are pretty serious. You know, uh, Pro Football Talk had come out to say something about it, as you know, about the uh, possibility of Watt coming to Cleveland. And me personally, I'm a Watt fan. I'm a JJ Watt fan. A lot of people are saying, you know, with his injury problems, that he's not worth the the money uh, that he may be asking for. But I can see him in uh, in a good role on that on the line on Cleveland's uh, defensive line. Uh, it takes away uh, some of that pressure from Miles Garrett, and I think you know everybody says you know he's. Uh, I think Watt had only what was it five sacks last season, and uh, yeah. I think I think he'll do a lot better than five if he comes to Cleveland. I think uh, it'll be pretty much pick your poison. Uh, with that defensive line, if he's added there, I think he'll be a great addition. I'm really interested to see uh, how the front office handles uh, a contract if it is serious. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And Jeff, what are your thoughts on JJ Watt? Well, you know, Rod, I'm not typically a fan of the uh, you know star player of the week um, pursuit by the team. Um, but in this case, I think J.J.'s probably a really good fit for the Browns um, if they can get him at the right numbers. Um, I think he would be a nice complement, um, and I think it would probably extend his career, the fact that he would have a guy like Miles Garrett on the other, uh, on the other end from him, um, be, be less double-teaming for him. So, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see him get it done. Um, 
I, what I saw today was um, the, the Vegas odds now have the Browns as the favorite to, to, to land him, which scares me because, you know, whenever the Browns are favored to do something, things don't usually go well. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't seen... I really haven't seen proposed numbers on what a contract for him would look like. I'm just trying to think of, you know, what his numbers would be compared to uh, compared to what the Browns have been paying Olivier Vernon, who, you know, obviously we're jumping position groups here as to what we're talking about on the show, but it, it relates to, to JJ Watt. You know, I think the likelihood of Vernon coming back with the, with the Achilles injury is very, probably pretty slim at this point. So uh, you look at using, that money, um, that that Vernon money toward J.J. Watt, I wonder how those contracts would compare because Olivier Vernon was, was what, 18, 16 or 18 million? I, I didn't look up his uh, contract, but it's somewhere in that range, I think. Um, I think they, re- they renegotiated him down to 10 or 11. For, oh, for okay. Last yeah, I think you're right. You're right. They did do that. So, uh, but, but still, that, uh, that, uh, Still gives you a pretty good head start on J.J. Watt, I would think. Right. I mean, there's there's other factors that go into it in terms of, you know, who who do you bring in to replace Ogan Joby and how much does that cost you and so forth. But um, I think J.J.'s, a, a, at this point in his career, he's looking to win championships. And, you know, he could be the player that, that really, depending on what else happens on the defensive side of the ball, he could be the player that helps us to get there. Yeah, and Jeff, you brought this up when uh, we were talking offensive line. J.J. Watt's been known to catch a few touchdown passes, too, so you got to factor that in when you're figuring out Look out, Kendall Lamb. (laughs) (laughs) He's got got competition, you know. Right. Yeah. But I I think we're all on the same page there. I think, you know, the numbers have to work, but I think, uh, you know, I don't think his numbers would be too much different from what they were in Houston. And I'll I'll be honest, I can't remember what his – what his buyout was there, or what he was making there, but it was in the mid mid teens, was was it not? Um, yes. You know, I, I would think that if he's willing to sign somewhere in that area, that wouldn't be too far off from what the Browns are willing to pay. And well, I, I, yeah, I would hope for less. I mean, um, you know, there's a reason he was cut at that number and and not traded. So um, yeah. his his market value is hopefully a little bit less than that. So. If they're if they're talking somewhere between Vernon money and, and what JJ was making for you know a couple of couple of years, um, yeah. it's probably an, an attractive deal for the Browns at this point. Yeah, I would now, agree. Now, do you guys now do yeah. you guys believe in the change of scenery that he would? I mean, JJ Watt is good, or you know, he hasn't been as productive as he's been in past years. But do you think a change of scenery after being in Houston with all the mess that's been going on with Houston and their front office and uh, with Watson and everything, do you think that change of scenery maybe in a place like Cleveland would uh, help uh, get up his production? You'd be a, a, a great addition. Well, I, I think I saw where he was the number seven or eight ranked defensive end last season. Um, I, I would so, say it's more an issue of him being double and triple team because he was, right. I mean, you know, the only guy they had to worry about. I don't think you have to worry about JJ Watt being motivated. Yeah, I honestly yeah. don't. I mean, I, if he right. comes here, like I said, it's because he thinks the Browns are are poised to go to Super Bowls, and and that's going to be motivation enough for him. Yeah, right, I would agree. 
I would agree. So I, th I think we're on the same page there, guys. So let's let's just talk about Carson Wentz because he will forever be linked to the Cleveland Browns because of the what what used to be known as the Carson Wentz trade. But you know what? All things old Cleveland are going by the wayside. And now the Carson Wentz trade is no longer the Carson Wentz trade because we had the Carson Wentz trade happen today. And it's Carson, the conditional yeah. first round 2022 pick trade. That's yeah. basically what what the the Colts are looking at giving up for potentially a starting quarterback. Right. So let's let's just kind of throw Cleveland out of this at this point. Um, you know, that's the reason <laughs> I'm talking about him is because of the link, you know, to the Browns. You know, going back to that draft and Browns trading that pick, but. The, the the Eagles didn't get much for Carson Wentz. Man, they you know they had a solid asset in this guy, and <laughs> they started benching him. And suddenly, I mean, you you had a guy who you could probably have gotten you know a, a first or or a couple of first round picks for, and you end up getting what to get a second that can turn into a first and a third. A third, right? right. A third and right. a third. Um, I mean, you know. The Colts obviously aren't risking much at all with this. Uh, Carson's going to to play for the guy who used to be his old offensive coordinator, where he excelled, and you know, so that's in his favor. I mean, not to mention the fact that the Colts have a pretty nice team, nice running game. Uh, you know, things seem to be setting up pretty well for him to to do pretty well there in my opinion and they really didn't give up much so um yeah i'm just trying to tie this trade together with you know with like the, the matt stafford trade and man it's just it's just worlds apart mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of browns fans that are going you know <laughs> i'm glad glad that wasn't us you know uh but i also see people turning around and saying now the Colts are the team to beat in that division. Uh, they've kind of forgotten about the Titans. Do you really think the Colts are now the team to beat? What do you think? Maybe not this year. Maybe not this season. <laughs> I mean, it really depends on their ability to rehabilitate Carson Wentz, right? Um, you know, if, 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 he is, if he is as screwed up as, as the Eagles seem to think he is, um, and everybody else in the league seems to think he is, and most of the people on Twitter seem to think he is. Um, I don't think we have anything to worry about with the Colts this year, but um, you know, if if things start to fall in place for him, um, boy, he could be a real steal down the road. Yes, yes, I believe that too. I think yeah. uh, his confidence, you know, he has to get his confidence back because you know that last last season, his confidence is just shot, you know, and. Uh, mm -hmm. I would like to see him succeed. You know, I really do. Yeah, I mean, nothing better to help your confidence on a good running game and, and a good defense, you know? <laughs> so Right. Uh, I mean, we saw that with, with Baker this year. Yeah, and, and plenty of people thought Baker was pretty screwed up beginning of last season. So, right. you know, I'm not ready to say that Carson Wentz is going to be, you know, a great quarterback next season. You still have to feel like he's got to get in there and, and – you know, I don't know if I don't know if they're running the same offense that he ran in Philly or not. Um, you know, when um, back then, but uh, you know, he may have. There might be a little learning curve plus the confidence issue. But but yeah, I mean, you got to figure that that things are probably going to work out for him there, and he's gonna, 
you know, at least be a pretty good quarterback there for him, which, which when you have a good defense, a good running game, that that's what you want. So, um, so yeah, I don't think they gave up much for him, especially when you look at what, what starting quarterbacks are going for on the trade market. Right. 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 Well, he's got a big contract. Um, so that, that hurts his trade value. Um, True. but I think True. Indianapolis was willing to, to take that risk knowing that they didn't really have a lot of great alternatives going into next year. Uh, I think Jacoby Brissett's also a free agent, right? Um, and Philip Rivers retired. So, you know, they were looking for a quarterback. Um, you know, I'm on record that I liked Carson Wentz coming out of college. I, I would have taken him, but, you know, hindsight being 2020, um, it's, I think it's a great thing that, you know, that the Eagles screwed him up rather than us. Yeah, well, there, there's no way he would have been with the Browns this long. With all the different no. coaches, no, no it this, wouldn't have happened. Is, I, I hate no to say way. he might have been worse, you know. Right. <laughs> he, he probably wouldn't have. He probably wouldn't have started more than one season with the Browns. Right. Uh, it's just just how things work here, uh, or worked exactly. here. Let me yes. put that D on that yes, word. Exactly. D on there. <laughs> things are different now. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah. So um, interesting deal, though. So guys, let's uh, let's head right on into our position breakdowns uh discussions um really no particular order i just i just kind of looked at the roster um broke guys down and uh we'll start with the tight ends uh we'll kind of leave the we'll start with the uh with an appetizer before we get to the main course here uh tight ends um harrison bryant uh pretty easy to say you know um, what's going to happen with him, but uh, we'll just talk about him for a few minutes. Uh, 22 years old, 6'5", 243. He's due 780, 780,000 in 21, uh, 895 in 22, 1 million in 2023, and an unrestricted free agent in 2024. And scanning to look for his stats, which... I have pulled up here if I can find them. <laughs> uh, let's see. 24 receptions, 38 targets, 238 yards, and three touchdowns. It seemed like more than that. He was a lot more, it seemed like he was more involved. He was on the field quite a bit. So, uh, so guys, I think it's pretty obvious they like Harrison Bryant. He's going to be around. Um He's going to be around, especially at that salary, for a while. Um, I guess we'll just let each of you guys uh, give me a couple thoughts on Harrison Bryant, and um, and then we'll move on. I mean, I don't think either one of you guys expect him to be to be gone anytime soon, do you? No, no. I I like Harrison. Uh, I thought he started off great actually at the beginning of the season, and to me, kind of tailed off, you know, toward the end of the season. I. He didn't yeah. see as many catches. You know, it seemed like he was doing more blocking, uh, a little bit of the special teams action. But uh, I still think he's an amazing uh, tight end. And I think there's still, you know, um, the sky's the limit still with him. I think yeah. he can actually become a star in the next uh, next year or two. Yeah, great hands. He had a couple big fumbles, I think, that cut down his playing time a little bit, so... So what are your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, he um, he started out well, and, and in the second half of the season just seemed to kind of 
lose confidence a little bit, um, not get as yeah. many opportunities. Um, and you know, David David and Joku came on in the second half of the season. I think it sort of cast a little bit of a shadow over Bryant. But um, I mean, honestly, without those two fumbles, um, he's probably the steal of the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. He he's did he? I'm trying to think. Did he make the all rookie team or? Um, trying to think if he did or not. Um, I don't. I, I know he had. I know he had consideration for that anyway. So, um, a pretty good season considering he was, as most people look at him being probably the third tight end on the team. So, so yeah, I thought it was a pretty nice contribution early on. So, um, I think he's gonna. I, I think he could definitely grow into a star over the next couple seasons. So I'm looking forward to that. So let's talk about uh, Stephen Carlson, 24 years old, 6'4", 240. He is an exclusive rights free agent in 21. He had he had one catch on two targets for 11 yards. Um, really didn't get that get to see that much uh, action uh, this season. You guys think Carlson has has a future with the Browns? No, I may see him going somewhere else. Um, uh, I know that Stefanski loves the tight ends and stuff like that. And I think, um, I really think that Carlson, he may not, he may not be around either that or they'll find somebody else in free agency maybe to uh, replace his spot. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, think anything different? He's more of a blocking tight end, isn't he? It's hard to tell. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, he's made look, some nice catches over the years, but um, yeah, I mean, all yeah. these guys are almost the exact same size. They don't have right. the big. You've, they don't have the big blocking tight end really on this team. Right. So we've um, we've talked about that in the past that you know we don't really we don't differentiate much with with these guys. Um, yeah, I think a lot depends on what happens with. David and Joku. If, if um, you know they they find a trade partner for him, then Carlson could end up being the number three tight end next year. Yeah. Well. Well. Let's move on. Let's just let's get Austin Hooper out of the way here first. He's he's uh, twenty six years old, six four, two fifty four. Um, I ought to just not say the height because every tight end the Browns have is six foot four. Okay, guys. Um, <laughs> Austin Hooper do uh, six point two five million twenty one, eleven point two five and twenty two, and uh, the Browns and let's see, eleven point two five and twenty three, unrestricted free agent in twenty four. The Browns have a potential out in twenty three with uh, I think seven point five million dead cap, so they they can. They could cut him in twenty three and eat like half his half his salary. So, um, but Austin Hooper is going to be around at least through through twenty two. Um, I don't think anybody's. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere based on his contract because I believe those first uh, or, or the next two seasons are pretty much guaranteed. And Browns really can't get out of that deal until twenty three. So, do you guys thoughts on Austin Hooper? Do you think? Um, I guess probably the best way to look at him is: Do you think? You think he's going to be integrated more into the offense? It seemed like they tried to get him more and more involved as the season went on this past season. Do you think, Jeff? I, I know we talked about it on the podcast. You know, I know you had some 
predictions for him to get uh, more and more catches. And I'm trying to look at his numbers. Well, <laughs> it's funny 40, because he had 46 catches for 435 yards in, in 13 games. He was the, the number two guy on the team in targets and, and by a lot. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Jarvis was, was clearly number one, but but Hooper had a lot more targets than than the number three guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, he well, he's true. sort of blended blended in to the offense a little bit at times, mm-hmm. um, but he he got his opportunities and, um, you know, he he caught balls at, you know, a good percentage. So. You know, he's as advertised, unfortunately. I mean, to, to go out and get a premier tight end, you know, that it's it's this kind of money. And, you know, as, as a free agent. So um, he's going to be your number one tight end. And, and you know, we, we do have to share the ball um, with a lot of people in our offense. So, you know, he's never going to be the, you know, 10, 12 touchdown guy, I don't think. But uh, I think next year you will f- see them – utilizing him as an offensive weapon more. We saw tastes of it this season, um, but it was all sort of later in the season, and, and it took a while to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Slim? Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Jeff. Um, I expected – I actually, for the money that Cleveland paid for Austin, I expected him to do a little better numbers-wise. Numbers he kind of blended in, you know, and he was kind of – I know that he wasn't completely missing, but he was missing. I had him actually on my fantasy squad and kind of expected him. That's a magnifying lens right there. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it it is. Because, you know, every week I was looking for him to at least, if not get a touchdown, at least get some yardage, you know, or average per carry. And he kind of, you know, like Jeff said, kind of blended in there and uh, almost, almost seemed missing. At, at some point in time uh, during the season. But uh, I, I like Austin, and I think next year will probably be better for him. Uh, he was injured for a little bit uh, this past season, though, too, right? He was out for for a while. He was, yeah. He missed three games. Uh, yeah, three yeah, games. Yeah, 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 three games he was out. So, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and uh, I think he actually will do better numbers uh, coming up next year. Still second on the team in receiving touchdowns behind yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, yeah, so, that, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, I mean, the, the touchdowns are really spread around. And yeah, you look at Kareem yeah. Hunt with five five touchdown receptions led the team. A lot of guys with three or four touchdown receptions. So, I mean, that's just how the team was this season. Mm-hmm. So, I, and that may, you know, that might be how it is, you know, the next next couple next couple sure. of seasons where, you know, there's nobody that has more than six touchdown catches. Yeah, so many weapons. Yeah, so many weapons. You're right. You know, just just so many good options. You know, to to go to. That's that's right. That's right. So, let let's talk about uh, one David Njoku then. Uh, 24 years old. It seemed like he should be older because man, he's been around for for quite a while. It seems. Uh, 24, six foot four, of course. uh, 246. He's due six million dollars and twenty. In, in uh, 2021, okay? The Browns can cut him with no dead cap, okay, guys? Um, he, he's an unrestricted free agent in 22. So 
let's let's look at his numbers. And Jeff's right; he did come on. He did come on, especially later in the season. You know, he he looked he looked he had some really good games where he looked really good. Um, Nineteen catches on twenty nine targets for two hundred thirteen yards and two touchdowns. Again, you know, not big numbers, but you know, he had. Um, he, he amassed those numbers in really in you know a, a few games uh, it seemed like so um, he actually six, played in the same number of games as Austin Hooper yeah but I mean if we went to snap counts I'm sure he got very few snaps you know in some of those games right. and, and and most of his targets if you look at went where those 29 targets came I bet you I bet you 20 of them came in about three or four games would be my guess. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, I just don't know what you do. I, I don't, I, I don't see how David Njoku's on this team next season. I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> uh-huh. They can save six million dollars by either trading him or cutting him. Right. What do you guys think? Well, at at first, you know, like when uh, David turned around and was demanding a trade and having all those issues, I didn't become a fan of his. I actually wanted to say, bye-bye, see you later, you know, (laughs) sayonara, go ahead and leave. And I was kind of that way at the beginning of this season as well, too. You know, I kind of held a grudge against him. But, you know, towards the end of the season, I really saw David come along as far as a blocker, and, and just being, you know, before we, he would kind of let off a little bit in the offense, I saw him participating more, putting out more effort, and then uh, actually watching uh, Building the Browns, you know, when they lost against Kansas City, and he was on the sidelines, and he was literally crying, you know. It felt to me that he wanted to be there, but then again, when they spoke to him, he said he wasn't sure, you know, where he was going to be, so... Um, with me, it's kind of this love-hate relationship I have with him. Uh, like you said, Rod, you don't see him being there. Um, before, I thought he was going to stay. But now I'm thinking that he may be looking elsewhere, and he may go elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So Is that kind of a, where you stand, Jeff? Yeah, I have a question on his contract. I mean, it, um, on his rookie deal... He was a first-round pick, so was there a fifth-year option at some point that didn't get picked up? I let's see. He um, he was in the same draft as Miles, and, and um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm sure assuming that, that they. I'm be. assuming there was a fifth-year option that didn't get picked up, and we're and we're past that window, right? So. That I mean, that's the only thing to me that would that would yes, let me say here. alter his value a little bit to a potential trade partner is if they could pick up a fifth year option without having to extend him for bigger. Well, money. if if he's due six million dollars this season, he's probably not still on his. I don't know. Would he still be on his rookie deal? I don't have his. I don't have that info up right in front of me right now. I just know he's okay. due to six right, uh, mil, so, but he but he can be but there's no cap hit uh if they cut him. And it may be okay. um I just said there's no dead cap uh, this season. Yeah. 
So, um, so I would just, you know, I would say with, with that caveat that, you know, as a tradable asset um, for teams who are looking for a tight end, um, I'm really hoping that the reason that you saw David Njoku in games toward the end of the season was because the Browns were trying to showcase him to potential trade partners um, going into next year. I just don't see you having Austin Hooper and David Njoku both on long contracts. So, you know, no. if you didn't have a number two guy um, already there in, in um, Harrison Bryant, a potential number two guy there, you might look at extending Njoku, but I just, I don't see them wanting to have that kind of money committed to the position. So I totally agree with you, Rod. He's, he's not going to be on the team in, you know, this fall. Um, it's just a question of can they find somebody that is interested in trading an asset for him or do they let him loose? Yeah, I think the trade comes only if they can find somebody, you know, who he's willing to restructure his contract with. And extend. And extend, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That's why uh, I was asking. I think that there was happens with the trade. And yeah. nobody's just gonna trade him and pay him six mil this year and have to be a free agent. Right. That's not gonna right. happen. That's why I was asking about the option year because that would then give them two years potentially. Um yeah. but yeah, what I for a guy not show an option year, so um right. For a guy on an expiring deal, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much you're going to get for him. Right, and for some reason, I don't see him going from a playoff championship caliber squad to another playoff championship caliber squad. I, I just really don't see, you know, maybe he's reading his own press clippings, but I just <laughs> don't see him, <laughs> you know, I just don't really see him going to another high caliber squad, you know. I think he's going to be cut, guys, honestly. I don't know if they're going to be able to trade him. I, just, I don't know if he showed enough. You know, I mean, he he's always been a guy who who looked really good and made great catches, but he's he still drops the easy ball sometimes, you know, even this season. I mean, um, I think in the, those last few games, you know, he made – I think he had a higher percentage – of balls that he was catching, but I mean, is that is that enough over three or four years to convince a team? I I, I think it's probably not. So, um, right. I I just don't think anybody's going to bite on a on a trade for him. So, but yep. we'll we'll find out. And I think the Browns, I I just don't know how hard they're going to work on trading an asset like that when they can just get six million dollars freed up by just cutting them. So I got two tight ends left. Uh, we'll just we'll go over these guys kind of quick. Uh, Jordan Franks is a reserve future guy uh, signed to 850 uh, contract for 21. He is also six foot four, 246. Um, that's all I have on him. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I I looked these guys up and, and looked at them a little bit uh, a couple <laughs> nights ago when we were going to record and. And uh, I don't have other information on him right in front of me. So I think he's a he's a bubble slash practice squad guy who's just going to be kind of fight for a spot, probably on the practice squad. Right. So um, I tell you what, we will move on because the, the next guy to me is interesting. 
Um, Kyle Markway was actually on the active roster at the end of the season. Uh, he's 23 years old, six foot four, 247, and the Browns signed him to a two-year deal. He's due 660,021, 825, and 22. So the Browns saw something they liked in this guy. And they got him signed for two two seasons. Um, there might be a reason why they did this. You know, if you look, they've got they've got Bryant and Hooper signed. Um, they can cut in Joku. It wouldn't surprise me if 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 they like Mark Way enough for him to you know be in serious consideration for the third tight end spot. Hmm. You guys are like who? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I I didn't see uh, or remember reading much about him, so I don't, honestly, I don't uh, know much about him. Uh, But it it sounds like that uh, Stefanski turned around and kind of stopped tight ends just in case things didn't work out with uh, David. And, And he just... You know, it's one of those things where you just slide one in, one goes out, another goes in. You know, you said they're all 6'4". They're just all the same type yeah. of uh, uh, tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I think he's got a shot, but, you, I mean, you never know. You know how this team is. They, you know, they might they might see another tight end they like in the draft. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. They, they are going to, and Andrew Barry and Stefanski are going to keep trying to upgrade this team. So just because a guy's on the, on the roster does not mean his spot is safe. It just doesn't. So with that being said, you guys ready to move on to wide receivers? <laughs> yes, sir. This will be fun. This will be fun. And we're going to start <laughs> off. We're going to start off with, with uh, with the main main guy everybody's talking about and the main guy everybody wants to talk about and that is that is OBJ. OBJ is 28 years old, five uh, eleven, which coincidentally is pretty much how tall all the Browns wide receivers are. Um, is five eleven, one ninety eight. He's due fifteen point seven five and twenty one, fifteen and twenty two and fifteen million and twenty three. Um, the Browns, the Browns can. I'm not suggesting this is going to happen, but the Browns have an out in 2022. They can cut him after six one in 2022 for and have a three million dollar dead cap hit. Okay, just to put that out there, um, I don't think that would happen because he's he's too valuable an asset. You can get you can get something for OBJ by trading him. Uh, versus cutting him, but um, that's where the Browns stand with OBJ. And I think I think uh, you guys know the the stats probably for OBJ. I mean, he played in seven games, twenty three catches on forty three targets, three hundred nineteen yards, and three touchdowns. So if you look at that, OBJ played in seven games and had three touchdowns. So if he would have played sixteen games, he he would have led the team probably in touchdown receptions because uh, he played less than half the season. He probably would have had more than anybody else. But uh, so I guess that, you know, people are talking now about trading him. I, I don't really know if he's even, you know, what his health 
situation is going to be coming off that that major injury for the season. I'm sure he's trying to get ready to play, you know, to be ready to play in August, but you know that that might be a tall order. So um so I think I think Jeff, you and I have kind of assumed that he was going to be pretty much untradeable heading into this season. Right. I don't yeah, I don't know if we know if that's exactly the case or not, or if the Browns did trade him now if if it would be, you know, at a, a you know, at a discount. Um or if they're better off just hanging on to him, hoping he plays some this season and, and kind of see what happens afterwards. So so Jeff, I'll let you kick this one off. Uh, where do you stand on OBJ? What do you think? Uh, what do you think his future is with the Browns? Uh, you know, maybe not even just this season, but this season and next season. You and I have talked about this a lot on past shows, Rod. Um, I think this year he's on the team. I, I think the injury precludes the option, and I I, I don't know the specifics of NFL contracts, but. I just don't think you can trade him this offseason. If they could, I still don't think they would. Just based on where we are in the evolution of this team and the Mm -hmm. roster, uh, I don't think they would even if they could. Um, It's a luxury having those two guys together um, that we haven't experienced in Cleveland in my memory. Um, Having two receivers that are that highly rated, that productive with that kind of star power. Um, money's not an issue for us this year, at least in the, at the wide receiver position. Um, so I don't see a reason to move him even if, even if they can this year. Now, next year, totally different scenario. And as we start getting into the big extensions with some other guys, I think Odell is probably – the prime guy who's likely to be moved for assets to free some cap space. Um, but I think that's a 2022 or 2023 question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with you right now. And then we're, then we're going to get Slim's opinion and, and thoughts on this too. I, I like Odell. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying trade them. Uh, like you guys said, right now, nobody knows when exactly he's going to come back. You know, you keep hearing the stories about uh, how well he's healing and, and that he's starting to run and stuff now. But that still doesn't say anything as, well, as far as being football ready. And uh, who knows if he comes back at the beginning of the season, middle of the season, or toward the end of next season. But I still like him on this team. A lot of people, you know, uh, on Brown's Twitter have been saying that the chemistry is not there uh, between him and Baker, that Baker was forcing throws and stuff to Odell. But um, I honestly think that Odell, after his injury, personally had a little humble pie that he saw how well the team was doing without him and how everybody was doing their uh, part on 
making this team playoff caliber. Almost, you know, could have easily, you know, done the AFC championship, you know. And I think uh, for as for I'm not going to say he's egotistical, but he's about his brand. I think I have to believe that he had a little humble pie and that Cleveland tries him for at least another year or so before deciding to either trade him for other assets or anything like that. Uh, I just see him too, too talented, you know, and uh, too valuable right now for this team. You know, they not only used him for, you know, catching ability, but also, you know, he did that end around and that was just a beautiful thing to see. He could be used yeah. in so many different, different ways, you know, and, and, He's. I just for the quote unquote issues that you may have with him personality. Yeah. Cleveland and put it onto him for another. Yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, I, I think. Uh... For me, I think the whole personality stuff, and you know, I know it was some of the stuff was pretty bad with the national championship going back, you know, an entire year and stuff. But I think I think Odell kind of acquitted himself of some of that stuff this past season, and just how he's been through his recovery and everything. I don't think people are really even thinking much about his personality and his antics right now. Um, I think they're kind of looking at the player versus the money. And I think Jeff's absolutely right. It's a question of when, when is it too much of a factor to be paying two number one receivers, big contracts, you know, when, when do you have to change that because you have to put money into your, quarterback position, you know, or, or another guy in your offensive line or because you want to keep your star running back. That's kind of what it comes down to. And you know what? I like, I'm just going to say, I, I like just about every guy in the team. Okay. I'm a Browns fan. I don't, I don't really have a list of guys I like and guys I don't like. I root for all these guys. So, so yeah, you know, I, I don't want anybody to leave really, but, um, but, for me, I'm looking at, I, I look at stuff, and it's very easy for me being a finance guy to look at stuff um, monetarily, and that, and that's kind of how you have to look at this because that's how Andrew Barry's going to look at it, and I mean Stefanski's got to have his eyes on that too. But um, I, I think, I think you're right on target, Jeff. I think, uh, and like you said, we've talked about this before, but I think OBJ's going to be here this season. They'll see how it goes. And from there on out, it really depends on the money situation and how things are working out, you know, obviously in the offense probably. But um, I think that if they need to come up with $15 million <laughs> to sign somebody else that they really want to keep, they, they can trade Odell and they can get assets for him. They're all, they're they're going to be able to get assets for Odell anytime in the next couple seasons. It's not going to be that hard to do. So I I just think it makes a lot of sense. You know this is a, a problem that 
the Browns have not had in recent history. Um, running up against the salary cap with star players. And, <laughs> yeah. <you> know, <laughs> it's too much talent. It's the, we have too much right, talent. Yeah. Right. Too much talent. It's, <laughs> but it, but it is a reality of a league with a salary cap that at some point you just can't pay everybody. We're not the New York Yankees. We can't just keep throwing money at people. So um, these decisions will have to happen. I agree. And that brings us to Jarvis Landry. And, you know, I, I think everybody likes Jarvis, too. But he, yeah. he has a contract that's very similar to, to OBJ's. Jarvis, he's, he's 28, same age, almost the same size. <laughs> he, he's, he's like Odell, you know, just, a, I mean, not saying he's it's the same exact player, but, I mean, they're, they're both number one wide receivers. Uh, Jarvis is due $13.2 million in 21 and $15 million in 22. And he's got a similar situation with, with the dead cap where the Browns could, could cut him in 22, but, you know, and, and, and only pay like 3 million uh, or only take like two, uh, 3 million as a, a, a hit against the cap. But that's not going to happen either. It's, you know, it's, I think it's a matter of whether they would trade one of these guys or not. They're not gonna, I, I can't see him cutting either one of these guys in the next two, two seasons. Um, I mean, Jarvis, especially with Odell out, Jarvis played 15 games, uh, 72 catches for 840 yards, three touchdowns. And, yeah, I can hear some people scream, well, he should have more touchdowns. Okay, well, so what? Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. I have, I have an emotional tie with Jarvis. I mean, he player i mean he is a good player and and yeah. he does what he's supposed to do and i and i know there's some you know uh sports reporters that should not be named that are constantly harping on you know landry jarvis but um sometimes i sometimes i really think you gotta look past that salary cap and stuff and see what he brings to the team as well, too. You know, um, God, he's, to me, he's the leader. To me, he, I mean, Baker is, you know, a leader, but Jarvis, to me, is a different, is a different type of leader. Um, he gets the guys going. Uh, he, he works constantly, just hard all the time, gives all of himself, you know, uh, I just, yeah. you know, I just can't. If I had a choice between getting rid of OBJ or getting rid of Jarvis, I'm sorry, I'm taking Jarvis any day of the week, any day of the week. You know, um, you know, and he just broke a record, I guess, as the only wide receiver. What was it? Uh, he just did some record, and I can't remember right offhand what it was. I'm not. Re- I, yeah, I'm not uh, sure if I saw that. To be better, do better. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to. Uh, I have to look at. He's like the only wide receiver to do this ever. Okay. You know, and uh, he had posted something about it too, and I can't remember offhand. I should have looked it up and stuff. Um, but it just shows his work ethic and and that he always is out there doing better. He never slacks off or anything. So he's just an amazing asset. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if there's a way for him 
to stay a Cleveland Brown till he retires. I wish there is, you know, there would be a way, but you know, of course it's business first as always, but you know, I just think yeah. he, he, he defines Browns to me, you know, a Brown. I'm not going to disagree with any of that. Go ahead, Jeff. That's sort of been the, the conversation recently, right? Is, um, can we extend Jarvis to a, a more team-friendly contract um, long-term and, and, you know, free up a little bit of space in, in, in the process? Um, I, I don't know why he would do that, but um, I think if you had to name one player who's most responsible for the turnaround of the Cleveland Browns franchise – um, I think it's Jarvis Landry coming here from Miami. He brought a different attitude. Um, he refused to buy into the defeatism that was here. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's why I think so many people are in love with the guy. Um, that, you know, he just brought that attitude, that swagger, and, and, and changed the culture really single-handedly. Um, so... Yeah, I'd love to see him stay here long term. Um, it, it, like we've been saying, it comes down to how the money works. But um, that intangible to me is worth something. I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, and I'll go back to what what you're saying, Slim. I think that uh, I think if you t- if if we put a little survey out there. People were really excited when OBJ came to town, but I think if you would ask them if, if one guy had to leave, I think you I think you would get about ninety five percent of Browns fans would rather see Jarvis stay. That would, that would be my guess, just because of all the reasons we've been talking about. So uh, we'll see how how it happens. Uh, you know, both both those guys are twenty eight years old too, so um, you know it's it's not like they're it's not like they're old. But you, you have to start thinking about, um, you know, uh, productivity and stuff as, as especially wide receivers as they approach 32. So um, 30, you know, 30 years of age. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. I think that's a spot a lot of people have their eyes on is, is what happens with OBJ and Jarvis over the next two, two three seasons. So let's move on. Uh, Richard Higgins. 6'1", 198, 26 years old. He is an unrestricted free agent in 2021 once again. He made 910000 last year, which probably most people remember because he was hanging out there in the Browns, you know, kind of let him go and then kind of let him just dangle out there for a while before they finally signed him to this, you know, kind of a, a, a minimum type deal. What do you guys... Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen with Higgins? I mean, do you, do you do you think the Browns see him as you know as a key to this team, or do you think they see him as somebody who's easily replaceable? Do you think uh, do you think Baker has um, much say in this? I mean, I'm I'm looking at his stats: thirty-seven receptions on fifty-two targets, five hundred ninety-nine yards, and four touchdowns. That the five hundred ninety-nine yards that's second on the team. Okay, it's more than Austin Hooper, um, more than Odell, obviously, because of Odell being hurt. Um, you know, more than Kareem Hunt and, and Harrison Bryant, all, more than all these guys. So do you just let a guy like that get away? Um, 
do you try to mess around with, you know, uh, trying to sign him for under a million or do you just try to give him, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more money and get him to stay because of the connection he's got with Baker and the way he fits into the offense? What, what do you think, Slump? I think uh, take a good look and uh, uh, re- uh, resign him. I have an asset to the to the team. Uh, the 599 yards. I mean, that's to me that was pretty green. He was probably the what number uh, receiver, you know, when Odell was in there, and uh, uh, I think he's got a lot more uh, potential uh, in, in this, especially in this offense. Uh, I think he became very valuable once Odell uh, got hurt and was out for the rest of the season. And mm-hmm. he kind of s- stepped it up even more. more. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you so- know, uh, a cut in pay. So, so Jeff, do you think that uh, do you think that Higgins is uh, not not normally as valuable as what he looked like this past season because of the injury, or you think he just kind of proved his value? I mean, if you if you look at it, and we'll talk about these other guys, but. You know, normally it's going to be uh, Jarvis, you know, Jarvis and OBJ, and then you've got you've got Higgins, and you know, and maybe uh, and we'll talk about the other guys, uh, uh, Kaderil Hodge and, and Peoples Jones, and you know, and Higgins splitting time. So, so how do you look at this going forward as far as how many snaps you, these guys are going to get as the third and fourth wide receivers, and how much money they should be invested in guys like this? I look at Richard Higgins like a long reliever in baseball. You know, um, when you need him, boy, you really need him, you know, and you need him to do his job well and, and you know, um, eat, eat those possessions that um, your number one guy can't do for you. So, look, I, you know, last year I thought there was no way that Richard Higgins would be back on this team. I thought somebody would give him a, a, a longer deal. I thought he would sign someplace else, uh, you know, yeah. for multiple years. Uh, just because teams are always looking for that type of guy. Uh, you know, he's, I would classify him as a possession guy um, who, you know, Baker has a lot of confidence in. Um, he knows where he's going to be. Um, and he's typically he's where he's supposed to be. Um, the problem with the Browns is that they have a lot of that, you know, um, we have, like you said, a bunch of five eleven guys who have about the same amount of speed and, you know, talent level, not necessarily exactly the same, but, um, Higgins did an, an admirable job of stepping in for OBJ when he got injured and there really wasn't much drop off, you know, um, but do you, you know, do you give a guy like that a multiple year contract when you already have guys making more money that basically do the same thing? So, mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, I think it was a fit this year, um, but it may not be a fit next year or the year after. So, um, I, I think a lot have a lot depends on on who else the Browns are able to bring in. If they can bring in somebody else that um, can take the top off of a defense, you know, a speed guy, um, a tall, athletic guy. Um, that's, you know, that's just a change of pace from, from our two starting guys. Um, then we, right. you know, we probably move on from Higgins. Um, but man, he, he was a great insurance policy this year. And, and you, you can't argue with what he, what the numbers that he put out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let, let's talk about, uh, and we'll kind of get back and wrap this whole thing up about number three wide receiver, but let's talk about the other two guys. So uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, has he, he has uh, really the exact same contract as Harrison Bryant. So, you know, he's he signed through 23 with a max salary of a million dollars, unrestricted free agent in 24. So, um, and his his stats, he had uh, 14 catches on 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 uh, 20 targets not bad 304 yards two touchdowns i mean the guy he, he played well he really did you know he made he, he really took advantage of his opportunities um you know i i really didn't know what to expect from him i really didn't know what the browns were going to do from him do with him and man when when he was out there he produced he really did. So, you know, if he keeps if he keeps growing, I mean, I don't see any way he's not on not on the team for at least the next you know season or two, unless the Browns really bring in somebody that they just really really like a lot better. But, but man, he he had a nice rookie season. I mean, fourteen catches for you know three hundred four yards is not too bad. <laughs> um, so so that so that's uh. We'll just kind of lump these guys together. So that's that's Peoples Jones. Caderell uh, uh, Hodge is, is 26. He's 6'2", 205. So both these guys are you know the larger wide receivers, obviously. And um, Hodge is a, he's an RFA and uh, restricted free agent in 21. So um, kind of up to the Browns what they do with Hodge. I mean, obviously we know what Hodge is. Hodge is a great special teams player and uh, you know a larger wide receiver who. I mean, they like going to him in certain situations. I mean, the the guy um, trying to look at his receiving stats. He's he had 11 catches for 180 yards on, on 17 targets. Um, really didn't didn't uh, he only played in nine games because he, he he was injured too. But I mean, obviously they don't count on him a lot on offense. He's more a special teams guy, but man, he he's also kind of the bigger body wide receiver guy. So, you know, there's there's pretty much your your five starting wide receivers this season. The question is, who's back? Um, Jeff, what I was going to say is, you know, I think Higgins got hurt last season because that draft class was so loaded with wide receivers that teams really didn't want to sign some guy that they really yeah, didn't true. know a lot about. And and you know, my understanding is this wide receiver class is is pretty decent too. So um, so I don't know. I mean, there might be there might be a lot of bargains out there at wide receiver. It might make may, might make it tough for some of these guys to hang on to a job. Right. So, and also, I um, 
uh, sorry to interrupt, but I can I can also see where Higgins can easily be replaced by somebody like a DPJ who who yeah. really did well, you know, yeah. and the same you know cap space or whatever slide him up, you know, in Higgins' spot, and then like you said, there's other there's probably going to be other good wide receivers of value in this draft, so um, I could see that happening easily as well too. Yeah, I think that's what you have to hope for is that either one of those two guys you mentioned, Rod, becomes your your number three change of pace guy, or mm-hmm. that you pick up somebody like that on the free agent market or in the draft um, who can fill that role. And that I think that makes a guy like Higgins obsolete. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And Guys, strictly from a salary cap standpoint, anytime you can get a guy like Peoples-Jones who is producing, who you've got signed on a rookie deal like that, making right. less than a million dollars for four years, right? Man, that, 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 that saves you so much money. It lets you get other guys that, you know, in the spots where you need to spend the money. Exactly. So the more guys they can get like that, the more... The more talent you can find in in what the the third round on down to where you're paying these guys next to nothing, man, it, it really helps out. So um, let's uh, the Browns have a bunch of other guys on the roster. I'm going to go through these guys kind of quick and and just kind of get your thoughts on on them. Um, one guy who. You know, he, he's looked good at times when he's been in. I don't think he played – I don't think he made it off the practice squad this season. I'm not sure if he was injured or not, but Derek Willies, he's he's 26, um, six foot four, 207, and he, he's still – he signed to a, to a reserve futures contract, which is essentially practice squad contract for 850. Um, you know, may, maybe he made an impact on me because – you know, he had some nice catches and actually got hurt in the game that you, you and I were at, Jeff, that Ravens game, I think. He had, like, two really great catches, and then I think he, he what, he broke his leg or something, or arm or something in that game and ended up leaving and, and pretty much hasn't right. done much since. But, um, you know, he's just a big guy. Um, I think it just feels like he's probably never going to get a shot. The Browns are going to keep him on the practice squad and kind of see what happens. So, um, you know, I, I just kind of like the size. So, (laughs) and I like him because he's, he's done stuff before, you know, very limited sample size though. Right. I agree. And and perfect practice squad wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other guy, uh, Taewon Taylor supposed to be a speedster. Um, you know, he's got a couple of looks on the Browns, but he's, he's 25 years old, 5'11", 205. He's an unrestricted free agent in 21. I don't know if he'll be back or not. Um, Ryan Switzer, 26, 5'9", 183, um, 920,000 reserves future contract. Um, okay, let, let's talk about uh, JoJo Natson. 27 years old, um, 5'7", 153, return man, unrestricted free agent this season. Do you think the Browns are going to look at at potentially bringing JoJo Natson back, or do you feel like that spot's been filled by by other players? 
I think the spot's been filled by other, actually other players. I don't think he's going to come back. Is it uh, um, the one that you mentioned before, Switzer? Wasn't he coming in as a kick returner as well, too, right? Um, that's he came awesome. from Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh, had him for a little bit. I think. Pittsburgh last, yeah, I think. yeah, in a yeah. couple places, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, if I remember, uh, uh, he did kick returns and stuff for Pittsburgh, and so I can see uh, uh, JoJo being uh, replaced or let go because they all already have somebody as a kick returner, plus they use DPJ as a you know, as a returner too. So uh, I can actually see him probably being released. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right there. Do you agree, Jeff, or do you think they'll give him a look? Well, that's a shame because I was really hoping we would have ice cube too, but um, yeah. with him getting hurt, hurt in training camp and we never really got to, you know, get, get to know the guy. Uh, but I think, you know, you guys are right. Um, we have, we have guys on the team that, that, do a, a decent job. Um, I mean, DPJ was a bit of an adventure at times on punts. Uh, <laughs> coaching staff <laughs> oh was a little, little crazy <laughs> at times. Um, I think Dearness Johnson did a nice job on kickoffs. So I don't know that you we're know. really in the market for a return specialist at this point. Well, the problem is Jojo Natson is yeah strictly a return guy. You know, he's, yeah. he's not really going to do much else. He can't, you know. Right. They they can put him down as a receiver. He's probably not going to get any snaps as a receiver. So, yeah. um, let's see. As the next guy I have down, it, this guy's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've heard of this guy or not. A- Alexander Hollins, twenty four years old. Um, you got to listen to this. He's six foot tall, one sixty six. Okay, and the Browns plucked him from the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. Uh, this guy came, he, uh, he scored a lot of touchdowns in college. I actually looked him up and watched some, watched some, some of his tape and stuff. Um, I think this guy's got a chance to, uh, to, uh, you know, at some point, um, hopefully he puts on some weight, but at some point, uh, you know, maybe make some noise. Um, he kind of, it kind of takes me back to when the Browns had, had, uh, had Richard Higgins early and, you know, nobody thought he's any good. And, you know, and, and, uh, and here he is, you know, four or five years later, he's putting up some decent numbers. So, um, the Browns obviously, and, and, uh, Stefanski obviously like Hollins. And I think the Vikings wanted to hold on to him and, and the Browns ended up taking him away from him. So, um, he's an interesting guy to look at and a guy who could potentially challenge for a starting spot, because from what I saw, the Vikings, thought last season that he had a chance to be their number three or four receiver. Um, and you, you guys probably haven't heard of him, so I'm not going to. No. Not at all. <laughs> I had to look him up, guys. Um, I had to look him up. So um, last two guys here, guys, we saw, you know, near the end of last season, that's Marvin Hall and Jamarcus Bradley. You guys uh, see anything there or think they have a shot to – um, actually, Marvin Hall's an unrestricted free agent, and Jamarcus Bradley was signed to the reserve uh, futures contract. So Marvin Hall's probably moving on. Jamarcus Bradley making a bid for the practice squad, most likely. So um, that's where we stand on wide receivers. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, we'll, we'll see who 
who is gone and who you know and who stays but um you know if, I, I would watch out for that Alexander Hollins to maybe make some noise this season. I think he has a chance, probably an outside chance, to make the team if the Browns don't sign Higgins, you know, and, and especially if they don't bring back uh, Kaderil Hodge. I think he would have uh, a decent shot because, you know, OBJ and Jarvis and Peoples-Jones are going to be on, on the team. Um, other than that, I think we've got it covered. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think some people. I, yeah, go ahead. I, I just, I honestly think you're looking at um, your your two high dollar guys, Peoples Jones, and uh, a draft pick, and then a couple of practice squad guys, and that's that's your wide receiver room. Yeah, very possible. It's a nice problem to have. It's like you said, you know. Uh, and and then of course you know you got free agency uh, that'll be coming up so I'm really interested to see uh, you know what Stefanski and crew have have in mind as far as as bringing in uh, new talent and, and of course the draft hopefully you know uh, we have a draft where I'm going to try to be out in Cleveland uh, in April you know I already got my hotel and stuff so I'm going to be out there anyway so. Nice. Uh, you know, so maybe we can, uh, get together and discuss, you know, discuss more on this on the draft and stuff. But uh, there's talent at the wide receiver, you know, and tight end spots. And, and it'll be really interesting to see who they decide to keep, who they decide to let go. Yeah. Yeah. I, guys, I'm not going to get into it too much here, but when I was researching topics for for the for the podcast, saw an article that that PFF projected the Browns to sign Marvin Jones as a as a free agent to some multi million dollar contract, and I read about two sentences on, and I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no that sense whatsoever. It would be a big shakeup. It would be yeah, a shakeup. Yeah, it makes no sense. Makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. They would not invest in another wide receiver. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, it's been fun, guys, to, uh, breaking this stuff down. Um, a lot of fun. We'll see, uh, and and uh, it'll be fun to listen to the show after the team's put together, won't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I do go back and listen to some of the old podcasts from time to time. Like, you know, if I'm trying to fall asleep at night, um, <laughs> mostly, yeah, you know, just because I because I bore myself <laughs> to death, but. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how you know and and more so the even the guests that we have on rod uh, or that you have on um that um are right or, or so close to predicting things exactly as they happen um yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really kind of kind of crazy how how accurate some of these conversations turn out to be um in the rearview mirror mm-hmm not sure it's not well we'll see how how accurate any of this turns out to be eventually <laughs> it'll, it'll be two-thirds right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah look at the top ones yeah the top ones you know pretty good you know <laughs> right well hey hey slim uh, it's been great talking to you appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk with us it, it's always uh it's always a pleasure man yeah i always enjoy 
you know, sitting sitting down and talking uh, with the both of you, uh, you Rod and, and Jeff. Uh, you guys have treated me uh, top here and and you know whenever and if you guys decide to have me on again hey let me know and 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 i'll drop everything and i'll come in i really enjoyed uh listening to your podcast and especially being on your podcast and if anybody ever has a chance to do it do it it's a lot of fun absolutely any closing thoughts jeff um no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think right. we covered it. I think I we think you? got it covered. <laughs> yeah. We got it covered. I'm, I'm, yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. This has been the Browns Blitz. We will catch you next time.